0: We'd like to welcome you back to part four of our current event and weekly Bible study for March 11th, 2018. And we're going to continue here with some of these studies. And this one is entitled... Sorry, I'm trying to... Anyway, I'm trying to to get something rearranged in my PDF. Stunning Parkinson... Parkinson's sufferer takes medical marijuana for the first time. These are just kind of short little videos.
1: So I don't know how much more evidence people need uh, about medical marijuana to stop opposing it. Um, and, again, it's just ignorance. It's just amazing. Uh, it's corporate greed. Of course, uh, the opioid companies don't yes. want the uh, competition from yep. medical marijuana. They do not want it. Uh, the alcohol industry does not want the competition from marijuana. Yep. So there's lots of money, big money.
0: There's a lot uh, of big money from the alcohol. I haven't mentioned that yet. We talked about Big Pharma putting hundreds of thousands of dollars so that they would stop legalization of, of um, medical marijuana in a given state where they were like, I think Arizona was one we mentioned, like 500000 Because they know that 500000 is going to be a drop in the bucket to the revenue they're going to lose if the marijuana, medical marijuana, um, and I'm not sure if it was medical or in recreational, or if medical marijuana by itself becomes legalized because then people are going to actually have access to this medicine, this true medicinal herb that has therapeutic properties that is not going to destroy them and actually fix the problem to a certain extent. Now remember, if you're taking it for chronic pain control and you have a ruptured disc at L5, okay, it's not going to unrupture the disc. It may give your body, though, what it needs to heal to a certain extent. It's not going to give you something like glucosamine or chondroitin or the manganese that the joints would need to heal. It may speed up the process, though. But if you do this together, then, with the joint protocol and or let's say a good fish oil is an anti-inflammatory, and let's say a really good turmeric product. With the can- What's going to happen is it's all going to work synergistically, which is what natural alternative medicine should be. And you're going to end up having to, to either ingest or smoke a lot less of the cannabis because you're doing the other stuff that are actually helping to fix the problem. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, if I was ever in practice again, that's how I would, well, that's the what I did do when I was in practice, when I was in alternative health care. I mean, I, I know a lot more now, though, actually, than I did even then. Um, so, but, you know, again, medically speaking, that's like anathema. That is evil because that is actually holistically treating the patient and getting them better the way God would have it be not trying to drug the body into good health which is a physical impossibility because all drugs are controlled poisons you don't believe that take a whole bottle of whatever said drug you don't think is a poison and it'll probably kill you i don't mean say do that but i'm just saying as, as an example
1: behind keeping marijuana illegal which is why sick people can't get it because they buy politicians yep you know guys like chris christie very easy to oh buy not companies.
0: him i no don't integrity. believe it
1: so there's a movie called Ride with Larry, and this uh, this guy here, Larry, is a uh, retired police captain who's got Parkinson's. And they're gonna this is th- the first time they're gonna try and give him some marijuana, his first time to see if it helps his his uh, Parkinson's. Let's take a look, shall we?
0: Now you'd have to watch this clip, but I'm gonna go ahead and play it. This is only like another three some minutes of this. But I'll kind of describe you what's going on. So you see Larry come to the front the front door. Pretty sure he traveled out of state to get here because it's not legal in his state. Or he's in a hotel room, I think.
1: Hi Larry, how are you? Come in,
2: come in. Let's see.
0: Okay, so this is a fellow Parkinson's patient that's offering him, I guess, uh, some of the the medicinal marijuana. And they're in a state where it's legal.
2: How you feeling? It's been, been a rough week. Really. Oh, I
0: mean, this guy's got it really, really bad. I mean, he is a mess. And I mean, God bless this poor guy, but he is a mess with his Parkinson's.
3: And the best way to take it is to put it under your tongue...
0: rub it in your cheek i I don't know whether he's giving him some kind of thing where it has oil in it the thc oil or i'm not sure but he's putting it in his mouth right now he's not smoking it and we're seeing like okay so this is this first time ever this guy's tried everything this guy has went the gamut tried everything Nothing's worked. Just like, kind of like my my eye. I'm like, you know, I'm like, man, yeah. I thought I could take care of this, you know. <laughs> no, it's not quite that easy. Sometimes there's certain remedies, and, and there's only like very limited things that will treat a given condition. And I, I think this, you're dealing with this with Parkinson's too. It's not an easy thing to help.
2: Don't do too much. You're going to be asleep all, all. But again, if
0: you did this with like my Parkinson's protocol or my Alzheimer's pro- or whatever, I don't know if this helps Alzheimer's, but probably not as much. But I think then you would really get stellar results because what you're doing is you're eliminating all these different weak links that could hinder the um the the out the 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 outcome of whatever you're trying to accomplish. And you know what
4: you should
3: do. No, no. Don't try to communicate. Just
0: relax. See what happens. We know from animal experiments. Okay, so it's one thirty-seven p.m. We're watching this guy, and he's just saying, "Just relax. Just chill out." That the endogenous
3: cannabinoid system is very important in regulating motor activity. That very tight. Okay, by of, <laughs>
0: by, like a minute later, he's already like asleep on the couch.
3: of Activity that is impaired in Parkinson's disease. From animal experiments, we also know that boosting certain branches. Or he's
0: he's kind of like laying on the couch now, like two minutes later, and he's just he's got his eyes open a little bit, but he's not shaking anymore. He just looks like almost normal now. Of the
3: endocannabinoid system is helpful in relieving symptoms of Parkinson's. I mean, he looks
0: totally normal now, like laying down. He's just he's got his hands behind his head. He's just like chilling. You know. Finally,
3: from anecdotal information, we know that certain patients. And this
0: is so exciting because I don't. I mean, I don't have a nutrient that can do anything this quickly. I mean, I, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't. I've got. Like I said, I think my protocol would greatly enhance this. But this is like this is like this. Not for everything, obviously, but this is like one of those really missing links. ...for a lot of, I think, alternative protocols now... ...was what I'm really... ...I think God's showing me that that's... what. ...I mean, he's the one that put the endocannabinoid system in our bodies. And that's what they're talking about here... ...how it's working on them. And remember, remember, there's more receptors in the brain than just about any place else. And that's what you're dealing with Parkinson's. You're having to affect the brain, the neurochemistry in, in those receptors. And evidently, this stuff works really good. Smoke marijuana experience relief of their symptoms...
5: I think you're calmed
0: down. So he's getting kind of, it's like four minutes later, he's getting up off the couch a little bit. So
5: quickly.
0: He so said so quickly. He's like totally he's normal. His hands a aren't single shaking. Drop
3: and his hands afterwards were rock steady. A single drop? Needs-
0: a single drop of this t- I mean, this is the stuff that gets me excited because it's like, it's just like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, praise the Lord. I mean, this is awesome. You know, he's not shaking. I mean, this guy, you got to see how what a mess he was four minutes earlier. And he's like a normal person. And he's been like a mess like this constantly for who knows how many years. To,
5: uh, left.
0: Oh. Oh. Was Remember, I'm only, like for the sake of brevity, I'm only playing you a few videos here today. There's
5: all kind
0: of people that have been cured of all kind of stuff from this. That you can do your own research and find out. And it's like, I mean, I just got to the point where I'm like, you know what, Lord, I, I can't deny this. How can I demonize this in a medical application? My biggest problem is I grew up with a whole bunch of stoners, my parents being the two first ones I ever knew, <laughs> you know, and then my friends in high school. Who were. And and you know, burnout Bob and you know, you remember this one guy, Joey. He was <laughs> always he wore those members he had this members only jacket. He always getting high in his car after school. And they were always like the 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 inside butt of every joke of the school, you know, everybody oh he's a burnout, that you know, that and that really hung with me. I didn't understand all the, the unbelievable medical benefits. Until I really started, well, really, kind of my eye, you know, I I will admit it, it really got me looking at this. And it wasn't like I went really so much looking for it. I was trying to look for anything but that. You know what I mean? I was like looking for, okay, can we do anything but this for glaucoma? And, and so then I, I've been trying and I've been trying and I've been trying. And it's like, wow, this other stuff really, I'm not really... Yeah, I'm not getting worse. Yeah, I'm getting a tiny bit better, which is good, which is way better than 99% of the other people that I would imagine don't do the RSO oil, Rick Simpson oil. But it's like, yeah, but look at all the unbelievable amount of effort you're putting into this when there's something that could take you so much further in a very shorter period of time and do a much better job and was literally your, your body literally has receptors like in my case for the, the cannabinoids in the eyes and that's why this stuff works and that's why it's the only thing that just about will work to re, to repair the optic nerve because repairing the optic nerve is just so hard um but that's just one little thing. But that's kind of what got me looking at this. And is the more I look at it, the more I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. And then and then John, because I didn't know John had any experience with this. My, my Christian listener in Colorado that lived in Oregon that was making the Rick Simpson oil that got cured of a kidney tumor, I didn't, I had no idea. I just threw it out there one day. We were exchanging an email. And I said, yeah, I found out that the, and then he goes, starts going to all the stuff about this Rick Simpson oil and how he used to make it and how, you got to do this and I'm like whoa dude I'm like I had no clue you even and it was like confirmation after confirmation of of um all of the things that you can do with this in a in a um in, in practice really if if you were like in an alternative health this would be an amazing thing to have as an adjunct to like my clinical nutrition line and there's so many things more i could do if i was in practice knowing what i know about clinical nutrition knowing what i know about chiropractic and alternative health and other health modalities and i don't know it all but adding this in in a clinical application in a controlled clinical application oh my word i mean my outcomes would just go through the roof be amazing Can't this work. is unbelievable. The guy is... You, you, you see it before and after. You see... It's a split screen. He looks totally normal. It's like four minutes later.
2: Works most of the
0: time. He's not shaking at all.
2: I think.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> did you guys eat
0: lunch? He you said, now?
5: Did you guys eat lunch? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like,
0: he's like totally normal. Yeah, he's probably hungry because it was probably... I don't know if he gave him a Rick Simpson one, maybe. Because, see, I, evidently... Rick Simpson, all that's drive from indica, from what I've researched, indica is what makes you, gives you the, quote, munchies, okay? That strain of cannabis tends to do that, whereas sativa doesn't near have near as much of an effect, and it's more of an energizing. But for the indica, I believe the indica is more indicated for um, a lot of these um, healing conditions where your body needs to rest. That's part of it also, is you get this really unbelievably quality rest that you can't get now we're being bombarded with 5g we're being bombarded with all these radio emf waves and the smart meters and the wi-fi and all the stuff that's going through us and this almost like cuts through that and i'm not saying it negates it or whatever but i think it's a way that you can even cut through that and get quality rest and allowing your body to heal and get that really quality delta and rem sleep which a lot of times certain conditions will not heal unless you're getting that type of sleep that's a whole other aspect to this. I haven't even mentioned. I am. I
1: should. I could really use marijuana. It makes makes
0: me pretty angry that yeah, I can't get really my home <laughs> state. True. He's not shaking at all.
3: Frustration. That I mean, I he's
0: totally normal. He's he's not shaking. He, he you you got to see this guy walk into the when he answers the door. I mean, he's a mess. He's all contorted and his his head's going crazy and. He's just like, you know, yeah, he's a little slower. Well, you know, that can do that a little bit. <laughs> kind of mellows you out. But he's remarkably better within a four-minute period. And here's Dr. Danielle Paomelli, Director of Pharmacology at UC Irvine.
3: Is knowing that there is this untapped potential that comes from what marijuana is teaching us To generate new medicines and being stuck because of financial issues or political issues, that is extremely frustrating. The the
0: pharma-medical cartel, they're they're the ones behind this. They've been behind it since 1937, since they banned it. Evidently, before that, it was fine. But then all of a sudden it became evil overnight. And then reefer madness. And then, you know, all the demonization campaigns. (laughs) I mean, it's just unbelievable.
4: We now know that medical marijuana um, controls dyskinesia. um, And yet it's not, it's not available to us.
0: Dyskinesia, I believe, in the uncontrollable body movements that you get in something like Alzheimer. I mean, this guy was like, well, within a minute, he stopped, stopped totally shaking. It was like a minute. Only took that long. And within four minutes, he's, you know, Sitting up, walking, just, you know, he's good. It's it's amazing.
1: So that's from that movie Ride with Larry. So check that out. So you can
0: look that up if you want, Ride with Larry.
1: And here's what it says about it. Larry just doesn't live with Parkinson's. He rises above it. After a 20-year battle with Parkinson's, Larry has exhausted every conventional method of treatment, every drug, and even brain surgery.
0: I think that's another thing with this happening with my eye. I have a lot more compassion now for people and not saying I didn't have any before, but I can be a lot more um, sympathetic and empathetic with people that have something that they don't feel they can get help for like that poor guy. Because before I never really had that. I never really had anything that I always, whatever. Now it's like I do. And it's like giving me a different perspective. You know, it, it makes me want to be a healer all the more. I wish, I mean, I always ask the Lord, I'm like, Lord, if you ever wanted me like to go lay hands on people and just to heal them, I would love doing that for like full-time ministry, you know, and battling cryptozoological stuff. They <laughs> seem unrelated, but um, that would be awesome. Taylor says, I, I have very, very healing hands. I, I am, a, I've been told by a lot of people, I am a healer. Now, I know that can sound new age, but then again, Jesus Christ went around healing people. And, and I don't know if this was also a way to humble me so that, you know, I, I just, I really have like this desire. I want to see people healed. Uh, I want to see people break free from this medical pharma, pharmacological paradigm. And I really feel like I've had an epiphany watching this, this undeniable research and learning about the endocannabinoid system in the body that God put in, in all of these things. And it's like, wow, it's like, you know, God really did it, put everything we need here essentially i mean i'm not saying there's not there's never a time for surgery or there's never a time for drugs to get somebody out of the woods but that's what it should be used for in emergency type situations to get you out of the woods ultimately we need to be in positions where hopefully we're keeping ourselves out of the hospital and off the drugs because of the lifestyle that we're living now i understand you get in a car accident you could be the healthiest person in the world and then get a broken neck or so i get that you know and i understand there's times for surgery and in that case you would want to do hyperbaric chambers as soon as possible because people have literally had their spinal cords repaired just from doing hyperbaric chambers chambers within the first 24 hours after a car accident but see medically they won't tell you about that most of the time cuz it's like well that we can't make money if he's healed so that's that's just poppycock and we don't want to I'm not saying they're all that evil but I'm just, <laughs> maybe they're never taught whatever but that's just one thing that could be done you know and in that case cannabis isn't going to be the the solution everything has its place and its value okay but uh, a hyperbaric chamber in that regard is a natural thing it's just it's it's increasing the barometric pressure by double or triple or maybe quadruple and doubling the amount of oxygen or maybe even pure oxygen that oxygen goes straight through the skin the barometric pressure forces it in there and it actually will get that that oxygen Oxygen actually starts to heal things that normally wouldn't be getting an oxygen-rich blood supply. And that's how it can do that. So I just wish the whole medical pharma cartel wasn't so evil and satanic and corrupt. You know? And this just, this makes me yearn for that even more seeing this type of, of, of miracle-type things happen. I mean, it's, 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 it's like you, you see the change in this guy in one minute, and it's like, it's almost biblical. The way it looks, you know. Refusing to give up, but, but God said, put it here, so I mean, you know. Peaks alternatives
1: discovering the untapped benefits of exercise and medical marijuana. Now Larry will attempt to the unthinkable: a three hundred mile bike ride across South Dakota. Oh a my word! Of hope for anyone facing a life. So
0: this guy that could barely walk, okay, when when he answered the door, barely could walk, was a mess head jerking everywhere, body all contorted. Now he's doing a 300-mile bike ride across South Dakota? Unbelievable! I guess that's the whole ride with Larry thing. I thought he might have become an Uber driver or something, ride with Larry. Sorry. (laughs) Teasing. Altering
1: illness. In this intimate portrait of courage, love, and community, Larry Smith refuses to give up, proving that if you love life, you will fight for it. So... Anytime you find someone who's on the fence about medical marijuana, you show them this. That's a retired police captain. 20 years he's been living like this. Takes marijuana. And he has relief.
5: Amazing.
0: Wow. And, wow. wow. Man, that gets me fired up. <laughs> that is just awesome. Now, I had said before... We talked about CBD oil, which is just one component of the full spectrum THC CBD. There's other components in there, too. Those are the main two ones. Uh, there's a company that I've been dealing with a long time, um, Amanda's Apothecary, I think. They make one. Now, theirs is really expensive. Now, I, I've priced a lot of these out. I still don't know who has the best CBD oil. I have been taking the, um, different CBD oils. I've been trying them. I got another one coming in tomorrow. And I, what I try to do is order a small supply to see if I see any kind of real tangible changes. So far, I'll be quite honest, I really haven't noticed a lot of CBD oil. I haven't really noticed a lot of anything. Um, but then again, it may be the reason I haven't gotten, I'm sure it's a big reason why I haven't gotten worse. I mean, God's mercy, thank God, you know. Uh, but the CBD oil can be used for certain applications, um, which they're getting, it, I believe, from hemp which is legal in all 50 states, and this their CBD oil uh, contains a high concentration um, of CBD and just trace amounts of THC. This allows for a CO2 extraction, extraction, which I've heard is a very, very good form of extraction. In, in other words, how you're getting the CBD oil out of the hemp. Um, you consume it orally. It can have potential health benefits. Now, remember, this is the one without the THC, and this would apply to these conditions in certain instances uh neuralgic pain anti-cancer depression and anxiety antibiotic resistance i hadn't heard of that one and much much more and anyway they give you more conditions that'll help with this link um i don't know what the best one mike mike adams just came out with one uh dave hodges has a one that looks really good My, uh, mike adams has his own lab so he can lab verify test and he's you know full spectrum I don't know who has the best stuff, like the one I'm taking right now. And remember, this doesn't have any THC. There's no... I don't feel any kind of... I don't feel anything when I take this. But this one was also lab verified. It's called CBD Pure Hemp Oil. For the for the price, it's one of the best ones I've seen. Um, and you get 10 milligrams per dose. And they say with somebody with glaucoma that you need to do at least 40 a day. And I've been doing that. And I, You know, it's just you got to have the THC to repair the optic nerve. So... But I still think this is good. I'm still gonna stay on it, you know. Um, but anyway, that's that's the one I've been taking. Um, CBD, just one word, pure hemp oil. Um, two fluid ounces. So there's a lot of options. I don't. I don't know. Amanda's Apothecary, I'm sure, makes a great one, but it's just for the money. It's super expensive. But they combine theirs with like, one of them has like frankincense and which can be really, really good as well, very healing. They said, one customer wrote in and said, your CBD oil removed me from 60 milligrams of morphine and 325 milligrams of Effexor thyroid medication. And I actually did take some of their CBD oil at the the beginning. Um, So their CBD oil removed them from 60 milligrams of morphine, opiate-based, painkiller, 350 milligrams of Effexor thyroid med, Lyrica and Symbalta and even balance my hormones. That's what I mean. This endocannabinoid system, when you're taking this stuff in, you, it's you may be taking it for like one thing that you're trying, but it's having all these other cascade of health benefits because of all these other receptors, this lock and key system that's in the body. And you and again, especially if you're doing one that's like Rick Simpson oil, it's forcing you to rest. It's forcing you to get this really deep quality sleep. And that by itself has all these tremendous healing attributes. So this wouldn't do that because you're not going to get that really deep quality rest because it's not going to put you into that, that uh, with, which, what, with what the THC would do. But for certain people, this is all they need, the CBD. So I wanted to at least touch on that. Okay, so now we're going to go back to the original. What I did is I strung together a whole bunch of emails John had sent me. I edited them. I strung them together so that for the sake of brevity, I could go through them. So anyway, back to what he's saying. He says, I mean, America is a a communist country. It is ridiculous that you can't just make it in your own place, meaning Rick Simpson oil, or grow pot plants or whatever. You can do that in District of Columbia. You can grow up to like six pot plants in your house. But you can't take that outside of your house, I think. You, you can't take anything you're growing outside of your house. And obviously you can't transport it outside the district. cook. I have just watched a whole documentary on it not too long ago. Um, I'll just uh, tons and tons and tons of rules. that You have to, big brother makes you follow. He says, I was fortunate to do this for about six months, meaning I think he made Rick Simpson oil. And four of them, I hit it hard every day and got rid of the tumor. Okay, no, he was doing, probably doing the Rick Simpson oil. For six months, and four of them, he really was taking a, a, like a more of a therapeutic dose, and he got rid of his kidney tumor. Now, isn't that better than having to go in and go under the knife and, and cut out a tumor, and they've done nothing to actually correct the cause of the tumor? Because the tumor had to have the right environment to form. There had to be a reason the tumor formed. It just—it's not like your body's just stupid. It says, you know what? I think I'm going to develop cancer today. I'm feeling kind of wacky. I'm going to develop a nice big juicy tumor because I—I think that—that's how I roll. No, there's, you've got to have the right internal terrain for anything like that to form. For diabetes to happen, for all these different various, whatever can go wrong with the body. You have to have the right internal terrain. And evidently, in his case, the Rick Simpson oil, which is this specific extract, is what created the environment to get rid of the cancer, of the tumor. I don't know if it was malignant or benign. I'm assuming it was malignant, I don't know. But there's all these people that have been cured of cancer. But you can't say the cure word. Because the only ones that can cure anything is the guys with the white lab coats and the magic prescription pads that can cure you with their, their chemo, their, their leftover mustard gas from World War II, because that's what a chemo was originally originally was. And their radiation let's burn and slash it out, or and or surgery. You've done nothing to correct the internal terrain. In fact, you've just done a whole bunch to kill your own body from the chemo and radiation. And to annihilate your own immune system and actually set you up for more cancer growth, which works into their pockets real well, because that's what it does. Oh, he's never got it back. It's not like he's addic- he's like an addicted pot addict to this day, yeah man, I can't live without this stuff, man. I, mean, I got rid of my tumor, but I'm totally addicted to pot no, he's totally cogent. He you know, I don't even think he does it anymore or whatever. did it for a specific medical purpose which is the only reason i would ever have any because i don't i don't like the way honestly i don't like feeling that way i don't but for a medical condition this is what we're talking about today here then he goes on to say also if you just want to want cbd to start to treat other pains and stuff it can work great but again it must be legit the cbd what we're talking about but in many instances no thc means no real healing You know, that's why I was so hopeful when I got the CBD oil. I'm like, oh, maybe this is all I need with all the other stuff I'm doing. (laughs) I'm like, I, I was, you know, but it just depends on the condition you're dealing with. As THC works with the CBD, they work hand in glove. CBD slows the cancer cells' energy production in the mitochondria, and then the THC moves in and destroys the cells. So in this case, it has to be together to get the desired results. But I've, I've learned, I've been to every state that's legal. Meaning Oregon, I imagine Oregon, uh, Washington, California, and Colorado. As far as it's legal medically and it's legal recreationally, those are the only four states that I know of at this at this point. Well, then I guess you could say District of Columbia. Too to a certain extent, but they're really restrictive there to a certain. But you can grow it in your house. I, it depends on where where you're dealing with, but um. It moves and destroys the cell, so in this case it has to be together to get the desired results. I've been to every state that's legal, and Colorado has the best in the world, meaning they grow the best cannabis worldwide. It's by far the best place to go to get good quality, you know, if you're using it for a medical condition. Yes, sir, no THC isn't good for treatment purposes. CBD and THC and all the other elements of the plant have to work together to work right. And again, it would depend on the condition that you're talking about, especially for cancer, and if you look at The Phoenix Tears book, which is where they talk about specifically Rick Simpson oil. It's called Phoenix Tears, the Phoenix, like Phoenix, Arizona, Tears. The book, you can see the ratio of THC and CBD has to be what he says, or it won't even be close to having effective, won't be close to being effective to treat serious illness. Um, He even gave me a link. Here, I'll see if I can repost it. He gave me a link to the best, he says it's the best dispensary for anybody that may be like you, wanting to use this to actually treat their, their own, like let's say they got something like cancer, Parkinson's, glaucoma, whatever. He gave me a, a link. Do I have it in here? Let me look for this. Hold on. Okay, so I posted this with the, the interview. If you wanted to hear about the glaucoma, the guy that cured himself of uh, glaucoma, with the rick simpson Uh, really his is ongoing though his is more closed angles a whole other different animal than open angle which is what i have open angles a lot better it's not it's just there's no pain involved there's it's just a lot easier i believe to go after this guy literally if he doesn't have this he's in agony if he doesn't have this stuff i mean thank god that i don't I'm very grateful, I'm very grateful for the eyesight I have at this point, and I'm very grateful for, like, the eyesight I've had my whole life that I kind of took for granted. You just take stuff for granted. I mean, I just, it got me thinking about all these things God gives us. You know, our hands, our feet, our taste buds, our voice, our eyes, our hearing, our hair, our our whatever, our skeletal system, our heart, all these things I've become much more grateful for. And I have a lot more empathy and sympathy for people that I I see that are suffering. Not that I didn't before, but it's it's you know once you go through stuff like this, it's like whoa, you get you get a different perspective. You can't help it. So, um, but this he gives a link to the I guess he says this is about the best dispensary uh, in I think Denver for the um, cannabis oil. I found one place in like. San Diego that had it, Rick Simpson oil, dispensary. And then I had this one. He gave me the link. It's caregiversforlife.net. Caregiversforlife.net. I even corresponded with, the... I just wanted to know more, you know, from the owner about, you know, this and in what they're doing there and stuff like that. But um, I'll give you a link here if you want it. And it'll be on page, I don't know, 16. It's It's also, I think, on page like 14 or 15. Anyway, um, he goes on to say also expose Jeff Sessions. Okay, sorry, I, I had to um, stop the recording there for a sec. Um, so I'm gonna splice this together from the other. Uh, then he goes on to say also expose Jeff Sessions and his views on the issue and how it is an excuse to terrorize business owners. Well, that and a lot of other things, we're gonna look at that. Wow, all these drug documentaries I've have seen have documented how pot has been the main target of the U.S. government. Not meth, not heroin, not cocaine or oxy. The U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration lists marijuana in the most restrictive of five classes that the agency uses to regulate dangerous drugs. Marijuana is classified as a Schedule One substance, which is the ranking reserve for the most deadly drugs with the greatest potential for abuse with no medicinal, no medicinal value. These slime bags have the audacity to say there's no medicinal value when it's used in medical applications that the government has approved. How can they have it as a Schedule 1 drug? See, as long as they can keep it Schedule 1, then they can keep giving you tall time for their prison sentences for your first-time offenders. You go to jail for multiple years for small amounts in certain states that we documented. Oh, well, we don't want to lower it to Schedule 2 or 3 because, you know... Then they wouldn't serve as much prison time, and we wouldn't fill our prison system up with all these, these um, innocent marijuana users. That's we're making a lot of money doing that. They these these devils need to be locked up forever. This is what they're doing. It's another thing that really ca- caused me to look at this differently. Uh, <sighs> This is just unbelievable. Heroin, ecstasy, and LSD are listed in the category two. While cocaine and methamphetamine, the worst drug that will kill you as quick as anything. I've heard things where they say, you do it one time, and the devil has his hook so far into you, if, unless you stop after that one, a lot of times it's one time is all it takes. You're, you're done. It's over. There's so many demons that infest you when you do that meth for the first time. but usually if you do it two times it's over you will be hooked and it's done they list that as a schedule two far more dangerous than marijuana is schedule one this is the insanity that we're dealing with here um no medicinal value at all heroin ecstasy LSD. oh man Cocaine and methamphetamine rank one level lower than marijuana as Schedule 2. Marijuana has been classified as a Schedule 1 drug, the highest rank by the DEA since the 1970s. They've been perpetuating this lie. Marijuana, listing among the most dangerous drugs, has been heavily influenced over the years by politics and public opinion while advocacy groups have been working to change it for decades they argue that schedule 1 classification isn't justified on scientific grounds marijuana is not considered highly addictive or dangerous except possibly for adolescents who smoke it while their brains are still forming and the plant hold, th- this is some information i added in and the plant holds amazing medicinal properties in a number of areas But according to the drug documentaries I've seen, the U.S. government, especially Jeff Sessions, will actually prioritize marijuana arrests over heroin and meth. What this has also done is create a huge prison population in the U.S.A. and the biggest in the world per capita by far, and a huge number of them of the incarcerations have been over marijuana, all by design. The government doesn't want a legitimate remedy like cannabis to compete with all the opioid, meth, coke, meth, heroin, etc. flooding into the U.S.A. It is a satanic agenda. Remember, before we look at Sessions, uh, now remember, before we look at Sessions, uh, th- according to the U.S. government, this is perfectly fine and legal. So, before we even get into good old Jeff Sessions, Mister Puritanical himself, let's look. Let's look at the the extreme. We're gonna have an extreme hypocrisy alert. This is all fine and Jim Dandy cotton candy. What we're looking at now, this is perfectly legal according to our wicked, corrupt. U.S. military. Now, I'm not saying they're all corrupt, but I'm saying this faction of it that's forced to do this, and I'm not even blaming the troops, but the ones that are forced, and hopefully they're not doing this still, I really don't know, but they did it a long time, okay? And they probably still are to a certain extent. U.S. troops protecting opium heroin in Afghanistan. U.S. troops are protecting this. The video proves video, um, this has videos of pictures of U.S. troops protecting opium fields. Uh, Now, I'm only going to play the The last part, there's some bad language at the very beginning, but I, I think the last part there's no bad language. So, let's go ahead and listen to this. Insanity. Opium cultivation in Afghanistan: a chart from 1994 to 2013. So, in 1994, it looked like hectares, thousands. I don't know. I don't know how they're what kind of weighting system they're doing. Uh, it was basically like at, it looks like about 70 hectares, whatever that is. And then by 2013, it was over 200 after we after we went in there and started guarding the opium. So it, it more than it like went up triple. Okay, U.S. troops protecting opium in Afghanistan. This is just unbelievable. This is fine though because this is where we where what well, we get heroin from. This is what we get oxycodone from this is what we get morphine from. They're all opiate-based that has to come from this opium poppy plant, okay? Remember, most things, like cocaine, is from the coca leaf, okay? So the coca leaf, in it's just form like that, yes, can it be addictive? Yes, but it's far, far less addictive. And to do it on a, on a little bit, I remember I had a Spanish teacher in um, high school. Senorita Sermon was what we called her. Because I guess her last name was Sermon, so because she always had to use Spanish in those classes, and she really, she just wasn't a Spanish teacher. She really was obsessed with like the Mexican, Central American culture. And I remember she was talking about yeah, and I went on this this trip one time, and, and I I don't know she had I don't know if she had an upset stomach or whatever. She was on a train, and I don't know where the train was. I don't know if it was in Mexico or somewhere in Central America, and. Uh, the locals came over and said, oh, chew these, chew these. And they were coca leaves. It was what you derive cocaine from. But you have to understand, there's about 900 things they got to do in order to get that to a white powder. And there's all these unbelievably toxic, evil, satanic ingredients they got to use to get it to that form. And she was talking about like, oh, this was the big naughty thing she kind of. But it really was. I mean, they, they use it over there medicinally. Like herbs and trees and plants should be used. Like cannabis should be used. And it helped her. She chewed some of the leaves on the train and it relaxed her and her stomach ache went away. And I I don't know why. It's one of the only things I remember about her. (laughs) But I remember that story, you know. Um, And what do they derive, you know, opium from? The poppy plant. And so we're going to hear a little bit more about that now.
4: Well, it's a shame that nobody talks about Afghanistan anymore, considering how the war is far from over and remains the longest military quagmire in U.S. history. At now, this point, was we'll on
0: May 23, 2014.
4: Asking ourselves a very important question. Bin Laden's dead, and Afghanistan's apparently ready to police themselves. So why are we still there? See, aside from U.S. troops still occupying the country, there are over 100,000 private contractors in Afghanistan. And guess what? The Pentagon can't even tell us what the hell they're doing there. But this right
0: here. <laughs> 100,000, 108,000 private contractors are in Afghanistan. We have no idea what they're doing. Well, they're guarding the poppy for our freedoms. They're protecting our freedoms, these private military contractors. You know, like with Halliburton and, and those types of things. Yeah, they're own private mercenary army. And then the, then the troops are over there as well, but they're doing it because they're guarding our freedoms. Now, I'm not demonizing all the troops. I'm just saying that this is insanity, you know, we're over there, and I mean, I've told, I've done the whole documentaries on the whole chai tea boys in Afghanistan, and that wicked, evil, perverse, that really is Islam in its purest form, where they just rape little boys for fun, and the taxi drivers will pull over and see a whole bunch of little boys there, the homeless, and they'll go and he'll pick out... One or two rape them for you know like over lunch or whatever, and then and then discard them like a piece of trash, and then come back the next day and do the same thing. And then they have the little chai tea boys over there, and and the anybody that has any kind of money has their own little, their own little uh, personal uh, eight year old sex slave that that services the old disgusting lecherous men over Muslim men that literally will look at you with total indignation when you even dare question why they would want to rape little boys like who are you you slime bag basically the way they look at our troops that say anything negative or derogatory about it. this is our culture don't you understand that i mean we're talking about a wicked evil place yeah we got all these military and then they discover all this these minerals over there these mineral deposits that i'm sure and then probably has to do a lot to do with oil pipeline you know, all, all kind of evil wicked reasons that we're there
4: might give you a clue. It is the most unintended and
3: awkward consequence of our. Oh,
0: what a lie from the pit of hell this is from Hirana. The most unintended and awkward military consequence of being over there and that's guarding we're just forced to guard the opium fields we we don't have a choice we it's like we got a gun to our head we we got to send all these guys over there to guard the the opium why to protect our freedoms because it's all about getting that heroin back here and getting everybody addicted to opiate-based painkillers through the medical pharma cartel so then they'll move on to something harder when they run out of money and, and, and can't get it anymore and the prescriptions run out and then they can go to heroin and fent- fentanyl and who knows what else and can become a full-time junkie on the streets all by design
3: very offensive here in Afghanistan the rout by our marines of the Taliban from their former stronghold here in Helmand province has put us in the weird position of being
4: protectors of the largest crop of opium but they're in a
0: gigantic opium field reporting
4: in the world thanks Geraldo And guess what, guys? The Taliban had banned and almost completely eradicated opium in Afghanistan shortly before the U.S. invaded. Just look at these headlines. The corporate media was even lauding the Taliban's success. Fast forward to today, where over 90% of the world's heroin originates from the war-torn country. According to a report... Well, they've done
0: a very good job of protecting it and making sure that they brought their cash crops back up there and our government's working with with their government and and their people that are growing it there and, and, you know... The Afghan opium production hits record high, thanks to um, all of our efforts in, in helping this along.
4: The went office on drugs and crime. This year saw opium production surge to a record high. The report said that the harvest this May resulted in... Five- but see,
0: they know you'll get addicted to this, whereas marijuana, there's an unbelievably less likelihood that you're... And you'll never get addicted like you were are going to be the heroin. I mean, people that are addicted to, like, oxy... I had patients that I literally... I was working with an MD at the time. For, we were doing um, accident cases. And, I mean... Listen, I was doing everything above board. And, he, and I guess he was too. But he was brainwashed. And, like, they were coming in. And these were candies. they call candy seekers. And they would come in. And, you know, I don't know if the car accident was legit or what. Um, but they wanted... A lot of times, the, uh, the doctor would write them a prescription. And they... Writing for Oxy and... I started researching this. I'm like, this is for end-stage cancer. What are you prescribing it to accident victims for? I mean, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But I'm like, okay. And you would literally see patients that were, you know, they'd come in and you'd have a good feeling about them. They'd get that script proxy. Literally the next day you saw them, something had changed. And it was almost like you realized that they would rob Peter to pay Paul, slit your throat in order to keep and stay on that drug. That is the feeling I got being around people that got on Oxy, and that's from opium, opiate-based painkiller. So, medically speaking, it's a mine because once you get on it, it's like, well, we got a customer for life, probably until they die, because they're just going to they're, even if even if they have no more pain issues, the, the withdrawals are so horrific they're never going to want to go off it. So just put them on this. The drug companies are making an absolute killing, whereas they couldn't do that with marijuana because it's actually fixing problems. It's actually through the endocannabinoid system it's actually fixing a lot of the actual health issues and maybe the sources of pain and again then you go further let's combine it with a good joint protocol a good uh distilled fish oil a good uh turmeric product, some good a good manganese for the joints oh now you're now you're, you've just eliminated like probably the need for two-thirds of the marijuana. You know, and they're going to get off it a lot quicker. Oh, we don't want that. We want to keep everybody addicted for life. How can we make money? How can we have our big houses and our Porsches and all this stuff unless we do that? You know, I don't know. It's just amazing to me how easily people will sell their soul to Satan. Because to me, that's kind of what, if I did that, that's what I'd feel like I was doing. I mean, I don't know
4: thousand five hundred metric tons of opium. Oh,
0: and, and then this is from the United Nations Office on Drug and Crime. They said the harvest this May, the harvest of, of opium, resulted in five thousand five hundred metric tons of opium, a good cash crop. Satan must be beaming with joy. Forty nine percent higher than last year. Wow, they really put in a yeoman's effort there, and more than the combined output of the rest of the world you know, go USA, go, go Marines. They're guarding the the poppy and the private contractors and perpetuating the culture of, of Chai T-Boys and and that. I'm not saying it's all their fault. I'm saying they're under orders. Private contact contractors are are there for, you know, the paycheck and stuff. It's just that, I mean, (laughs) does anybody see anything wrong with this?
4: 49% higher than last year and more than the combined output of the rest of the world wow that's a lot of heroin and a lot of money being made someone's got to be reaping the spoils which brings us back to war which has always been about two things resources and control as reported by global research back in 2005 heroin is a multi-billion dollar business supported by powerful interests which requires a steady and secure commodity flow one of the hidden objectives of the war was precisely to restore the (laughs) CIA-sponsored drug trade to its historical levels and exert direct control over the drug routes. Oh, isn't that
0: wonderful? So this is one of the hidden objectives of this supposed war in Afghanistan, to restore the CIA-sponsored drug trade to its historical levels, because they had slipped, which was a satanic travesty, and exert direct control over the drug routes. Well, of course, so that they could pipe it right into... You know, Pfizer, whoever else is using it to to make oxycontin and codone and all the other opiate based painkillers and making sure that a lot of illicit heroin gets into America all by design because they know that's going to kill us off, too. And, you know, don't see a lot of people that are totally addicted to these opiate based painkillers probably doing a whole lot for for Jesus Christ or getting saved, you know, because their priority is kind of on their next hit, their next fix. And they're not really focused on Jesus Christ. How could you be? So, you know, this is where we're
4: at. Of course, according to Geraldo, it's nothing more than an uncomfortable fluke that the U.S. military happens to be guarding the... Yeah,
0: awkward. He said it was awkward. It was very awkward. Yeah, guys, I
4: mean, I feel
0: weird about this because, I mean, yeah, this kills people and they get addicted to it and they become addicts and yeah but it's it's awkward but we know it's your culture just like the chai tea boy thing and raping little boys and stuff like that and and beating your wife and generally mutilating your daughters and just generally acting like a bunch of slime bags we know it's your culture so we we're going to guard the the poppy fields because we need to protect your culture it's so important to us we're actually going to put boots on the ground troops private contactors to make sure this all happens you know seems reasonable to me
4: just opium supply in the world. And, and,
0: in, and in the meantime, we're going to wage this unbelievable drug war against cannabis and make sure we throw every single person we could, hit him with the most stiffest fines, keep it as a Schedule 1 drug. We're going to do everything we can do to demonize it and to make sure that everybody that can goes to jail. I mean, everything we can do, we're going to prioritize that over this with a... I can understand they've got a lot invested in this. I mean, you know, they want to—it's their—it's their baby. You know, they want—they want to they make sure that their—you know—their baby is protected.
4: I guess we're also supposed to believe that this discovery of Afghanistan's one trillion dollars worth of untapped minerals was a surprise coincidence.
0: Oh.
4: In today's global. You life, could
0: have knocked me over with a feather.
4: The world one can't discount the role that multinational corporations play in U.S. foreign policy decisions. Not only have oil companies and private military contractors made a killing off the occupation, Big Pharma, which collectively lobbies over $250 million annually to Congress, needs opium latex to manufacture drugs for this pill-happy nation. That's right.
0: Big Pharma. There's a lot of demand for the Oxy done a lot of studies on this recently you know the pill pill farms and stuff you can go and you can get multiple prescriptions from different mds that write you all these and then you can go and take the pills and sell them but wherever you're from and make a killing like a lot of people are doing and they don't even have any pain issues at all they, they don't have anything verifiable to even show they're in pain but hey as long as you're willing to pay cash to the doctors they'll write that prescription out if it's the right one not all of them but a lot of them a lot of those a lot of those pill. Pill um, mills in um, Florida. Oh yeah, that that you know that requires a lot of opium. You know it's all supply and demand. You know one way or another, we're making sure this still happens. I, I don't know exactly what it's exactly like over there right now, but one way or another, we're making sure that supply and that demand is being met. And who is who is at the very first part of of that supply chain protecting it? Are i mean total satanic insanity
4: forget about the banks see trillions in black market sales are being funneled through banks right money's got to come out clean on the other side support for the ongoing war may not be high but believe me these corporations are in it for the long haul CSR They're in it to win it. That will allow a U.S. troop presence to remain in Afghanistan until 2024 has already been signed. Well,
0: there you go, 2024. Like... We already, you know, hey. Now granted, this is 2014. I've heard Trump's been doing some, I, you know, I don't know. I've heard, a lot, again, a lot of mixed reviews on Trump as of late. But um, just knowing our government's been doing this for so long, I mean, it's just in, in the absolute... Totally transparent agenda of why they're doing it. It's become so crystal clear. And then we look at the war on, Mar- I mean, marijuana. It's just, it's, it's incomprehensible.
4: Baseless rhetoric and propaganda aside, here's the cold hard truth. This government is fighting a war on drugs worldwide with millions of nonviolent drug users rotting away in prison. Yep. Yet on the other hand, yep. the U.S. is at the very least nurturing the largest... And by the
0: nonviolent drug users, they're in particular in reference to the marijuana because marijuana has been so targeted as a Schedule One drug. So therefore, they can give all these really stiff fines and unproportionate... But again, it fills up the prisons. So, hey, it's all by design.
4: Source of the deadliest and most addictive drug on the planet. So you tell me what the occupation of Afghanistan is really about.
0: Yep. Yep. Here's a chart they have at the end here. Total number of heroin users, while relatively small, has been growing at a far faster rate than that of other illegal drugs. Um, Yeah, heroin is up 53-plus percent um, since 2002, but this is from 2002 to 2011. So yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why heroin's went up so much. Well, there's a lot of supply now. And that supply, we got to sell this stuff. We got to we got to move it. It's it's a commodity. It's a business. We got to make sure that it's getting to the good good Americans out there so they're benefiting from it. So, we have that. Okay, so this next video is just a little over a minute and I mean, it does an incredible job of giving a synopsis of our troops guarding the opium plants, in more history. This is bombshell. So let's go ahead and play this.
2: Hey, it's Paul Joseph Watson with Infowars.com. Just a quick video blog. Many of you will know that uh, the Taliban back in April 2001 basically destroyed the entire opium crop in Afghanistan. Of course, five months later, we had 9-11. And lo and behold, miraculously, um, Opium production has been at record levels year after year, and it just keeps topping itself. It's
0: when we sent the troops over there after nine eleven. Started guarding the the opium, and then the and the production increased. And this was nine eleven was the excuse to do it, which our government totally orchestrated at the highest levels. You don't believe that? Just can loose change nine eleven. Loose change nine eleven. I mean I nobody's ever been able to refuse. I mean there's so many I have a whole file on it of of different organizations that have their own videos architects for 9/11 and all these people that prove that it is an impossibility that those buildings and it, it just literally pancaked and imploded into their own footprint you know from jet fuel it's just, it's an impossibility <laughs> the one building wasn't even hit and it was and it went into its own footprint just you know so, this is just a whole other aspect to this that shows you how wicked and evil the government is at the highest levels.
2: Um, because, of course, we know that the CIA and the DEA controls the drug trade. That's one of the primary reasons behind Absolutely. why 9-11 happened. Yeah,
0: F- they control the drug trade, and they don't like competition. But when we're guarding it, we're ushering it into this country, that's fine. And that's why the DEA and them have went after cannabis so hard because it's way too, it has way too many potential benefits um, that obviously opium and these don't have. It doesn't have that addictive component. It, it, I mean, there's so many things. It cures a lot of different things. So they do not want that substance here um, from that standpoint alone.
2: Happened in the post 9 11 invasion and occupation of Afghanistan. Now, of course, we have Araldo Rivera on uh, Fox News bragging about how the US troops are guarding the opium fields in Afghanistan for our safety yeah. uh, and not in any way to protect the multi billion, multi trillion dollar global drug trade which coincidentally fell flat on its face right before 9/11 with the Taliban destroying the opium crops.
0: Right. They couldn't have that. They couldn't have the Taliban destroying the opium crops. So we had to have an excuse to go there and made sure they replant and then bring in record harvest. I mean They're literally that wicked. They literally want to kill us and destroy us that bad
2: now ramped back up with the invasion and occupation of Afghanistan. And, of course, all along they blame the Taliban, saying the opium production's funding the Taliban, when they're the ones who actually destroyed it in the first place.
0: <laughs> so we have that. I mean, it just gets better and better and better, you know. Next report. U.S. Marines, uh, sponsored by U.S. taxpayers, stayed vigilant, watch over poppy fields in Afghanistan, ensuring that the world is supplied with plenty of smack. Another word for heroin. Just don't get caught with any poppy derivatives that your US tax dollars paid for, or you will get a visit from your friendly neighborhood SWAT team and a required stay in the Grey Bar Motel. You see the hypocrisy here? I mean it, it's beyond comprehension. It's another very short video.
3: Welcome back to Fox and Friends. Dave Briggs, he's Clayton Moore. she's Allison Camarada. We're gonna head to Afghanistan this morning. One of the biggest obstacles in front of the U.S. troops there in Afghanistan is the opium trade. The Taliban is using it to intimidate
0: the population. Joining
4: us from Talman province is Geraldo Rivera. Good morning to you, uh, Geraldo. Tell us what you've seen during your days there in Afghanistan. See, they
0: had to try to get ahead of this because it was so obvious and flagrant what they were doing. So they had to have somebody like Geraldo over there to try to get ahead of this and put their spin on it, their lies.
3: Hi, Allison, Dave, and Clayton. Yes, in some ways, the Marines brilliantly executed invasion of Marja, this town in the middle of Helmand province, yeah. uh, province, was the easy part. The hard part now is governing this province, a province, as you suggest, that has become addicted to opium in many, many ways. Oh. That is the principal crop that is being grown here. Uh, the Taliban... got to
0: make sure that production increases, I mean, you know... As much as possible.
3: Lend the farmers the money, they are indebted to the Taliban, they have to grow the opium. Now ah. the Marines in their success are in a sense a victim of their success. So this is now their excuse. The population is uh, you know, they have these opium fields and we are tolerating it. We are tolerating oh. the cultivation of the opium because we know that if we were to destroy it now, the population would turn against the Marines and it would be a real security when we shouldn't
0: be over there in the first place you know all the pedophilic male population would turn against the marines we we shouldn't even we have no right to even be over there we're only over there to literally restore the heroin industry restore the poppy production that the taliban took down before that there's a there's another video here u.s invaded afghanistan to restore the heroin industry i mean that's why we went over there That's a big reason, if not the main reason 9-11 happened as an excuse and a pretext to go over there.
3: Risk. Let me introduce Lieutenant Colonel Brian Christmas. He's the commanding officer of the 3rd Battalion, 6th Marines. Uh, really a, a wonderful group of uh, Marines here. Uh, I know that you care deeply about this, uh, this contradiction, the fact that uh, here you have one of the best fighting forces in the world ever mounted, uh, and in a sense, uh, you're watching as uh, this opium is being grown. I know it, it grinds at your gut. Oh, uh, how do you deal with it? What
0: are you doing about it?
3: Well, uh, frankly, this is part of their culture. So, Part of their uh, culture. While it might grind in
0: my gut. It's what they do. It's what they do. I mean, and they do it well. Even though the Taliban had destroyed it, you know, we got to make sure we resurrect that and bring it back. And, you know, the drug companies are depending on us. The pharmaceutical medical cartels and the illegal drug trade that we we're all part of. We, you know, they're counting on us to make sure that all happens. And, uh... So there, you know, there's that. Uh, <laughs> I just really want to drive this point home.
5: Well, it's now more than 15 years since the U.S. invaded Afghanistan on the pretext of going after Osama bin Laden, who was falsely held to be responsible for the September 11, 2001 right. attacks.
0: Exactly, and if you don't believe that, just key and loose change, nine eleven. I mean, you know, it's it, it's so many bombshell things that they document, just not making stuff up, documented, easily verifiable stuff. And so this is the pretext, um, and and it was. It turns out it was. Sounds like it was. A lot of it was all about heroin, and then to get that one trillion mineral resources, and who knows what else.
5: Taliban had offered to turn Bin Laden over. To the International Criminal Court, as long as evidence were supplied.
0: He was a he was a CIA asset. Osama bin Laden was a CIA asset, trained in the U.S. by the CIA. There's all kind of pictures, and I mean, his family was one of the rich, and still is one of the richest families in that region, and they vacationed together with the Bush family. I mean, I've done. So many things on this. I'm a little bit foggy in all the details, but I mean... it. <laughs> you just can't believe how wicked they are at the top.
5: Uh, indicating that he might have a, had a role in that terrorist event. And Bush said, we know he's guilty. That is, we don't need evidence. So this led to the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan... And now, as the official story tells us, bin Laden died uh, midway into the Obama administration. Um, Other sources say bin Laden died of kidney failure in 2001. In either case, he's gone. But the U.S. is still in Afghanistan. What's going on? Well, uh, this latest announcement from the U.S. military that the new strategy involves bombing drug labs uh, is, is quite humorous, given that the U.S., went into Afghanistan, in reality, largely to protect the heroin industry, just as the Vietnam War was heavily driven by the fact that at that time, most of
0: the... Now, this video was actually made November 21st, 2017, so this is after Trump's been in office for quite a while.
5: World heroin was coming from the Golden Triangle in Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. Today, the heroin epicenter has moved Mm -hmm. with the CIA's area of interest to Afghanistan. The Taliban had shut down uh, opium production in Afghanistan, and this was not tolerable to the deep state, which profits to the tune of $1.5 trillion per year from the heroin industry, which it then moves in a shell game. a
0: A gigantic portion of that money is absolutely used to keep us in total bondage, brainwash us, kill off political dissenters hide their lies, I mean, just you name whatever wicked, nefarious purpose you could imagine using this money for, that's what it's being used for.
5: Various banks and corporations and leverages it into vastly more money than that. Uh, So they invaded Afghanistan in large part to restore the opium industry. And indeed, there was zero opium being produced from Afghanistan before the U.S. invasion. The first year, the first thing the U.S. did was release all the drug lords set them up and tell them to plant away within oh two words. years afghanistan uh, was that's
0: killed. worse than i thought that's the first thing they did when they got in there release all the drug lords you know those trips must have felt the guys at the top doing that must have felt really good about themselves you know we're doing something really good for satan here and and we're protecting the usa you know, we're, we're, we're guarding the poppy fields, we're releasing the drug lords so they can get the poppy production back up so the drug companies and the illegal illicit drug trade will be satisfied again. And and I, I tell you, I can't imagine much more sa- um, uh, satanically pleasing thing they could be doing for his empire.
5: ...setting world records every single year in opium production as U.S. troops guarded the poppy fields and... Uh, su- supported the uh, creation of a number of labs refining the opium into heroin, and it was then uh, transported to the West in Global Hawks, a U.S. military vehicle that can fly all the way around the world without refueling. <laughs> so that's where we stand today. That,
0: they would want to use something like that because they wouldn't want any scrutiny if they had to land and refuel. So they, they prioritized these Global Hawks, the, the most long-ranging flying machines or whatever. They could probably carry you know, tons and tons of heroin cargo so they could get it there as quickly as possible and not be under scrutiny if they had to land. I mean, you know, they're prioritizing. They have their satanic priorities in line.
5: Now they're announcing that they're going after the drug labs. They're bombing the drug labs. Just as in Syria, uh, ISIS or Daesh was both the excuse for U.S. intervention and a very profitable tool uh, to use against the Syrian government, here in Afghanistan, the drug issue is both an excuse for the U.S. to be there and, in fact, a highly profitable industry for the U.S. military or the corrupt elements of their end. So uh, it looks like we're moving into an even more Orwellian strategy in which they'll be using this extremely profitable uh, heroin industry not only as a cash cow but also as an excuse to stay in Afghanistan forever at the expense of the people dying of heroin overdoses here in big cities in the United States, uh, at the expense of the U.S. taxpayer, and at the expense of uh, world stability. So once again, uh, this is bad news for those of us who wish our country here in the United States would live up to its ideals, but it's good news for the uh, mafia, the international mafia that controls the drug trafficking industry.
0: And so it doesn't sound like Trump's done anything but help perpetuate this. The whole bombing or what, it's still going on. Uh, Jeff Sessions is re-upping his war on marijuana, as we're going to see. That's still the absolute main problem. In fact, he's doubling down on it. I don't really see him doing a whole lot about heroin or, or these types of things. There's too much money to be made uh it sounds like they're still guarding their cash crop we're still over there remember they said they re-upped that thing until like 2024 where we could be over there and then they'll just redo it again as long as we can you know so you know this is one more is as far as i'm concerned black eye on trump as well regarding this uh one of the biggest epidemics in our country and virtually nothing's being done about this so i don't want to do this but i'm going to go ahead and end part uh here and i'm gonna have to go to part five because i I don't want to try to get these too long that will be the final part though so god bless you and probably take next week off i've been doing back to back to back gigantic mega studies every week and um most unless something cataclysmic happens which who knows i'll probably take next week off if i can i I kind of starting to need a break here a little bit because when you do these i mean last week was seven hours this is going to be Oh, probably five six it's a lot <laughs> it's just a lot so anyway i'm not complaining though praise the lord um let's go ahead and end part uh four and we will go to part five next god bless you